Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast, folks. Sheila's in blokes. I am, uh, I'm, did I really just forget my name? I think so. I think you just forgot that. That was pitiful. That's insane. That was pitiful. I'm AJ Lagambina. And I am Dan Mayotte. And uh, yeah, we're back. We're doing the thing. Yeah. We're this one took a little bit because, um, you know, busyness and work and like that kind of stuff. Um, but we're recording on a weird day, which is Sunday. Never record on this day. It's Sunday, 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 babe. We, uh, we, we telegraphed this in the last episode when we were making jokes about Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, about my emo revival night. It's in the works. Yes. We gotta, we gotta start planning this. An emo revival night. Yes. Break up with your girlfriend, get free shots. We've covered it. Well, tequila. It. You guys know the deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, tequila only. Uh, that was, uh, that reminds me of, uh, my 21st birthday and, uh, the 21st birthday of Joshua Lutz. Both, both of those celebrations involved well tequila. Oh, that's true. Dude, uh, dude, I don't know about you, but this has been a weird sort of week. At least for me. Bro, I, I, I completely agree. Um, the the astrologists in our listenership would tell us it's because it was like a full moon and stuff but i'm not entirely sure i buy into that i think it's just been it's been a very weird week yeah i mean like i had working in customer service i had a lot of moments of people just being straight up ruthless and mean and it's it wasn't even just me it was like a couple other people that i that were in my life that like were Com- in customer service commenting on how brutal people are being <laughs> yeah it's been uh i haven't experienced all of, a lot of that firsthand in any of the like customer interactions that i've had but everybody i know has been going through it yeah and i mean jeffrey bezos going to space okay I was just talking about this a little bit earlier today. I'm not the biggest Bo Burnham fan. Like, I respect him as a comedian. I think a lot of the stuff that he does is clever, but like, he doesn't really make me laugh all that much. I just kind of sit back and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's funny. I see what you do. Right. There. Yeah. Um, the Jeffrey Bezos song, I can't get it out of my head. It slaps. It's it kind of slaps. <laughs> it's it just it it's never not in my head. It's so weird. Um. But that makes me, he, him going to space made me so mad. Um, I literally spent like 20 minutes trying to cancel my Amazon Prime account because I don't want to give, <laughs> I don't want to give this man any more money. I probably should have done that, but instead I ordered new bed sheets and a couple of other essentials, beard oil and stuff. I mean, you need it. <laughs> it's true, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a bad ally. Have you... Um, before we get into our regular programming, there's one more thing I, that's just on my mind, um, and especially because we both work in music. Have you been seeing the thing on Twitter of the kid who snuck into Kanye West's uh, listening party? So I saw it. Um, I haven't, like, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that that's been a polarizing topic this week. So the story goes, and I don't, 
I don't know the kid's name, and I don't want to give him the time of day. I hope he gets blacklisted from every show in the future. But what he based, someone online posted their credentials, which if you ever have credentials to anything, never post them because this kid literally photoshopped it and snuck in and was able to snap like pictures of Kanye and like get on stage and everything. Yeah, that's that's just a bad look. That's so bad. I don't know. I'm I'm like I have so little interest in Kanye to be honest, but there's like there's something to be said for a guy that can basically he can get people to pay whatever it was like $50 a ticket to go sit in a stadium while he sits in the middle of the stadium and he just plays what are basically demos because apparently the album's not done. That's that's incredible. Like, it's insanity. I mean, that's incredible marketing. That's like who else in the world could get could get people to watch him just like sit around and like basically dance around in the center of a stadium while he plays demo music that's ridiculous <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous but like I, ah man I, I i mean i don't care about that so much like kanye can do whatever he wants but like i'm more angry at that kid sneaking into an event that was very exclusive very hard to get into and there are industry people that work very hard of for what they do just for this one kid to kind of mess it all up. Yeah. And that's super and encourage other people to try to do it too on top of that. Like that's so messed up. Yeah. Not a fan. Screw that kid. Yes. Um so with that being said, um we're going to get into what we're drinking this evening. Um we're going to talk a little bit of sports news and then we actually have an album that we are actually going to talk about today. Yeah. Another one celebrating its 10-year anniversary. It's insane. Yes. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of those this year. <laughs> it is a good year for it. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah. I, unfortunate, I unfortunately don't really have anything to drink in the house right now besides water. So, I'm drinking water. I mean, respectable. You need to stay hydrated. It's I'm hydrating myself. I'm, I, I'm keeping myself cool and refreshed with that, uh, with that filtered Nashville tap water. Yeah. Nashville tap water for the best of times. Is it good? <laughs> oh, Nashville tap water is trash. That's why like you have to filter it. Um, but I mean, once it goes through the Brita, it just kind of tastes like water. It's a little metallic-y, but whatever. Yeah. Drinking a Gansett and I have some water on tap. You know, standard go. stuff. The the classics, yeah. as as Josh would say, El Clasico. Root beer, Baba Booey. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I get a number three with a root beer? Booey. Baba Booey. <laughs> the stupidest thing we've ever done i still have i still have those videos too i was looking through my uh, camera roll the other day i like day. didn't even know where baba Booey came from until like recently i don't think i know okay so uh, justine's dad was telling me the story of um you know the the radio announcer dick vitell he does like college basketball yeah i've heard the name so he was telling me a story about how like someone called into Dick Vitale's radio show. It was like, "Oh, hey, Dick, have you heard of this uh, this guy named uh, Sam Abui? Uh, every time he slam dunks the ball, he yells Baba Booey, <laughs> Baba Booey." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, he's great. Like he's a really good, good player. Yeah." <laughs> and then like it cuts to like commercial break, and he. He's like, hey, listen, I'm a fan of David Stern just as much as the next guy. But come on, we got to keep it classy, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. Like, 
Ba-ba-boo. I think that's hilarious. I think uh can I uh can I get a sprite? <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's the one that did it for me that night. That was oh god. For those that don't know, we spent an inordinate amount of time in college um walking through the McDonald's drive-through. Yes. And hilarity ensued. Oh yes. Um but let's get into some football news. Um Yeah, moving right along. So the NFL announced that all coaches and executives trainers and basically all the people hired by the the team except for the players themselves um have to be 100 percent vaccinated um that um that has prompted some nfl coaches to be uh fired because of that including one of the patriots the offensive line coach um i forget his name off the top of my head but he has been let go because of not wanting to be vaccinated yeah um also the nfl is planning to fine and potentially you you will forfeit games if there are major covid violations um which some players are like no i'm not getting vaccinated like f that yeah i mean and that's not even exclusive to the nfl i mean my at my job they have now they have now uh started requiring us to wear masks and you know there seems to be cases popping up all over the country and there's a little bit of a panic going on and it's just right especially around here with like provincetown that was that's been a huge thing so it's not it's not quite as canceled as we thought it was but hey man yeah um i'm I'm fighting. I'm fighting apathy when it comes to COVID. For sure. Like, uh, just get vaccinated. Yeah. Which there's actually some weird news happening, and this might happen next week. Did you hear about Aaron Rodgers maybe retiring? Yeah. So they just lost their, uh, or they're not losing, but isn't the Packers like number one receiver? Yeah, Devontae Adams. They like stopped their contract negotiations because. They lowballed him so badly. Yeah. So there's there's and like been rumors about Aaron Rodgers just flat out retiring because he's just that fed up with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I don't think it would be a permanent retirement though. I think that would end up being more of a Gronkowski kind of deal where it seems like everybody in the Packers camp and with Aaron, you know, everybody's just been kind of sitting on their hands about that whole situation all year. And yeah, now it's now it's just kind of come to a head and clearly Aaron wants out. Green Bay doesn't want to deal with any of that. It, and it was it, like I heard some people comparing it to the the Chicago Bulls of the late 90s like the last dance when the Chicago Bulls yeah. prematurely just rebuilt they broke up the whole team and they were like you know what we won plenty of championships let's just rebuild and that's kind of been the story of when they drafted Jordan Love in the first round last year i mean he's love is such like an unknown quantity though he is and like the Aaron whole... Rodgers is what is he 38 at this point yeah is he is he that old yeah he's like he's like he's getting, yeah, up, he's there. getting up there like he is he's getting older i mean they needed a succession yeah. plan for him exactly i don't yeah i don't know the whole thing is the whole thing is kind of i don't i don't even part uh, part of it is just the fact that you know it's green bay like i'm a patriots fan right like let him implode but it is it is kind of interesting to see how like this guy who is kind of very similar to i mean he's an nfl quarterback so obviously he's a household name but he's similar i i get the impression that he's a lot closer to like a tom brady kind of deal where like everybody knows and has an opinion about aaron Rodgers. yeah i mean i think aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time i think he's more talented than brady like 
I think I think he's definitely more physically. Yeah, physically, he's, he's absolutely more athletic than than Brady. Right. Uh, Brady just is. Brady is the most successful quarterback of all time. There, no debate there. He's the most successful, and so much of that just comes down to like his his just knowledge. Yeah, I for, I forget what the stat was, but it was some it was some insane stat from um the twenty eighteen season. Mm-hmm. No, was it? Yeah, was it eighteen? When did we play the Super Bowl against the Rams? Yeah, it was like twenty nineteen. I want to say. Yeah that that season there was some ridiculous stat about how many audibles Brady called compared to every other team, like every other quarterback. Yeah, he just he basically like. He just knows the playbook. He would just rewrite. Yeah. And he would basically rewrite it on the fly. Yeah. Um, did you hear about Brady and him being the subway spokesperson? But he would ref- he refused to touch the subway food and has never actually eaten subway before in his life. <laughs> that doesn't surprise that's me. That's hilarious. I also think that's kind of funny of Subway to be like, so last year we had Bill Belichick. This year, let's get Tom Brady. Who doesn't eat let's Subway just, and won't even touch the food. <laughs> let's keep, let's get the, uh, let's, let's keep the, di- the divorce narrative alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Absolutely ridiculous. I love it. I think it's great. Um, it is crazy. Deshaun Watson is reporting it to camp because he doesn't like if he doesn't show up, they're going to find the Texans are going to find him $50,000 a day. So he's going, yeah. So he's going to show up, which is interesting because he doesn't want to be there either. He doesn't want to be there. I have to imagine that the Texans don't actually want him there, but what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Like it is what it is. Um, you have anything else to add from NFL news? Um, not really. Training camps are starting up, so I'm sure that we'll have some. Uh, I'm sure that we'll have some hot takes about Cam and Mac and how they're how they're looking once people start reporting on yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Kraken did their expansion draft. Yeah, the expansion draft where uh, there <laughs> there was a meme that I shared in uh, my friend Sean's Discord. Which uh, side note, because I know he's a regular listener, friend of friend of the pod, yeah. if you will. Um, Sean is getting married and asked me to be a groomsman. Oh. Which is uh, pretty sick. Oh yeah! So shout out, shout out to him for that. Um, but anyway, yeah, the the Kraken did their expansion draft, and I shared a meme in Sean's Discord server of like the Kraken that we thought we were gonna get, and it's a picture of uh, Gyarados from Pokemon. Oh. <laughs> and then the next photo was the Kraken we actually got, and it was Magikarp just like flopping around on the floor. That's hilarious. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, of all the of all the players that were kind of on the list that they could have taken from the Bruins, uh, Jeremy Lozon. Really? I mean, hey, an expansion team is not supposed to be good the first couple of years. The Las Vegas Knights... Unless unless they're Vegas. Like, the Vegas Knights are an anomaly. That never happens. Yeah. Whether it's in football, like basketball, or any other sport, that never happens. So... Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it it was a little bit weird, and then uh, and then the rest of the NHL draft already happened too, correct? I'm not sure if it did or not. I'm pretty sure it did. We got Boston. I think Boston was on their Instagram talking about they got like six or seven players. I think I saw. Yeah, I did see that. They're all going to be headed down to uh, Pawtucket for a little bit. It's Providence, probably. Providence. Pawtucket was. Oh, it used to be the Paw Sox. Yeah, the Paw Sox. Yeah, Providence Bruins. Yeah, now it's the Woo Sox. The Woo Sox. <laughs> take it for what you will (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know why it's funny to me i mean it's Uh, not as bad as um the colorado rockies have a farm team in hartford and they're called the yard goats (laughs) the the yard goats yeah not to be confused with the yard birds (laughs) 
60s reference. Yes. It's bad. Yes. It's bad. We're going to move right past Wasn't it. Wasn't Eric Clapton in uh, that band? Yes. Dude, did you hear about him saying, like, I'm not playing any venue that's, like, not, um, that's making people be vaxxed or whatever? Like, s- yeah. super old boomer energy. Yep. Thanks for, thanks for Layla, but uh, keep your mouth shut, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Bad look. Yep. Not, not good. Not good. All right. Psst. So, uh, so the, the only other thing that I have about, uh, the whole Kraken thing, um, those jerseys are sick. The black and teal. I, I like, like, that is a great, I look. like their branding a lot. It's really cool. Yeah, they did. They did a really good job with that. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting. We play them, uh, Boston plays them in October and I think Boston is coming down here to play the Predators on December 2nd. So I got to, uh, I got to start talking to my friend Shelby about whether or not she's doing season tickets again this year. Cause your boy needs to go see a hockey game yeah don't blame you hockey games are fun to watch real bad oh it's we we've talked about it it's one of the best live sports to go and see yeah for sure all right moving right along unless we have anything else sports related Nah. Um. All right. We're going to talk about England Eat My Bones by Frank Turner. Mr. Frank Turner. Oh, Frank Turner. Um this is one of this is one of your favorites. This is one of my favorite albums. Actually, this is definitively my favorite Frank Turner album, but I will say I don't think this is his best album. Yeah, what's um his, what's the what's the one with the tan album art? Uh Tape Deck Heart. Tape Deck Heart. That's I so I'm not the biggest Frank Turner fan. I'm like every one of his albums has like four or five songs that I really, really love. And then the rest of it is just kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, it's, it's just it's, good, but it's not quite at that level, maybe. Yeah. And I've never, I've never been like that big on folk punk, you know? Let me tell you, I, in high school, I had a little bit of a folk punk phase uh, between Frank Turner and AJJ, like yeah. Um yeah. Johnny Hobo. Yep. Um like Wingnut Dishwasher cool. Union. Um oh, what's the other one? There was a couple other ones for sure, but folk punk was definitely a little bit of part of my uh my youth there. <laughs> Yeah, I was always I was always like just outside of those circles. It never it never resonated with me, and I think part of that was because I was just so like I was so caught up in like being a hardcore kid and that being my identity that at that time like acoustic guitars I was just kind of sitting back and being like, yeah, I don't know. I prefer I prefer the chugs. I I get that. Like I totally do you even gent bro. I don't. I've never done that. <laughs> I <laughs> I, I was never, I was never that technical. I never periphery and Meshuggah and stuff like that. Wasn't really my, uh, wasn't really my jam. Yeah. But that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, Frank, Frank Turner, like I respect him a lot. I would love to go see him live. Um, but he's, yeah, this, this is one of those albums where it's like, I like it and I appreciate a lot of it, but it's like, there's only probably, there's only a few songs on it where it's really like, oh, this scratches an itch, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I will say not all of them have the same itch, but like going through song by song and we'll go through it. Like we'll go through song by song, but going through song by song and taking a really deep listen to those songs, there's a lot of depth to them. Oh yeah. Lyrically, I lyrically, I think he is awesome. Right. And I mean, he, he's a smart dude. One of the, and really well, spoken. really well spoken, really smart. 
Um, and I think he's probably one of the most important people in DIY culture. And also supremely British. Yes. And this is an album that's very British. Yes. <laughs> Definitively. Um, you can, you can tell by, you can tell by, I don't know, the name. Right. And I mean, one of the, uh, interviews that he did, I could still write songs pretending to be an underdog kid, but that's just not true anymore. Um, and he just was like, I'm going to write a song about, write an album about how I love being from England. Yeah. And it doesn't come off as nationalistic, um, which... Yeah that's a very easy thing to do and that that there's a lot of gray area with that this doesn't come off as that it's like look i'm from here these are the things i like about it but like yeah it's like this is this is like the best case scenario for maybe like not the not the genre of music but like the scene of music for like country so like if you think about if you think about how like a lot of modern country is like blindly nationalistic. Yeah. That like that's like kind of the worst case scenario. This is kind of the best case scenario for something like that. Like taking pride in where you're from and being like loud about it, but without it's not it's not being like forced down your throat. It's the Frank Turner is not sitting here and being like, Well, you know, God God save the queen and fuck you if you disagree. It's like it's just very much in the vein of like a lot of other, you know, punk and punk adjacent bands. It's very much like, let's talk about my hometown, because like this is what I know. That Springsteen is kind of thing comes across he's like a mix between bruce springsteen and there's another british artist that's kind of in the same vein billy bragg um who's like older more into like the springsteen from like the springsteen era not as well known as springsteen obviously but like he is he's part of that same sort of like group yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of that so uh that covers that covers a little bit about what what uh what frank turner's all about you want to start getting into a track by track um just one more thing this is also the first album he was like definitively this is my backing band the sleeping souls and it's a rock album it's kind of a different take from what he had like beforehand um his before his record before was um, uh, po- not poetry, yeah, poetry of the deed, which was definitively, definitely more of a folk punk album. This is more of a rock album. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, this ba- this band is tight too. Like watching watching live videos and stuff of them performing, they are they are very good at what they yeah, do. Yeah, they're all very talented. Let's get in the meat and potatoes of it all. Let us. So starting off with eulogy, which eulogy, which is funny because usually that's something that you do like a wet or not a wedding, um, like a funeral, like to celebrate someone's life. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting choice to put it at the very beginning. Yeah, it's a uh, the the cornet solo that's at the beginning of it. Yeah, is like it's very kind of funeralish, which is an interesting way to open the album. With the first line being, "Not everyone grows up to be an astronaut. Not everyone was born to be a king. Not everyone can be Freddie Mercury." Which I like. I think that's like a really good, strong way to start an album. Yeah, you just get. It's all about kind of setting the tone and it's got that, it's got that very, like the punk, the, even though it doesn't, it doesn't really sound very punky, like that punk kind of ethos is still right there. Like front and center, you kind of get an idea of what you're going to be getting into, at least thematically on this album. Right. And I mean, even in the next stanza, um, I haven't always been a perfect person and I haven't always done what mom had dreamed. 
So the background on that is like Frank Turner was supposed to was a banker's son and his family wanted him to continue to be in that business. And they didn't really like the fact that he was in punk rock and doing all these like just touring around the world doing that thing. Yeah, he. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine being like a like in finance. That's oh man. That is. It's so weird. It's so weird to have somebody that like. Cause didn't did he? He was like. Ex- I know he was expected to, but did he actually like go to school? Did he study any of that? Was that like? I think he studied like economics and like history. So like, yeah. if you listen to, it, it, we'll go with his lyrics. He talks. He mentions a lot of references to history. Yeah. And I mean, he t- puts a lot of what he has read from like history books into his songs, which is like so interesting and cool to me. Yeah. Again, that storytelling aspect is that every, every time bands do that, I just enjoy it so much. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it kind of ends with like, at least like when I die, like I'll say like, at least I fucking tried. Yeah. Um, with the final two lines being like, that's the only eulogy I need. It's like, yeah, yeah like, you know what? You can't really tell me what to do. The, like, at least I'm trying to do what I want to do and be happy with whatever I'm doing. That's what we call self-actualization, kids. Yes. Um, and that leads into uh, Peggy Saying the Blues, which is one of my favorite tracks on this album. Yeah, it's 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 one of the clear hits of this record, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a story about Frank's grandmother, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, the... F- I think the first time I saw him live, he was like telling a story about it, like on stage before he um, played it. And then he wanted fan participation. So like you would put your hands in a cup and when it got to the harmonica part, you would go like you would pretend to like play their harmonica. (laughs) It was fun. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's heartwarming, I believe is the word. Uh, The kind of story that goes on here about uh, his grandmother just kind of comes to him in a dream and he basically he basically parties with his grandma yeah <laughs> it's i mean he has said like yeah my my grandmother would like teach me how to play cards and we drink whiskey at like the age of 10 that's ridiculous which is so funny yeah it's a uh i love the i love the she said we'll play poker and we'll play for keeps i've only played angels lately and they never let me cheat <laughs> that's that's a that's a great line um the first single was I Still Believe, which is the next song on this record. Yeah, it was the second one. It's fun. It's upbeat. Um, it's it's not dark at all. It's kind of just like it. It's adorable. And it I think there are easy ways. He There are total cop outs for relationships that you could sing about. But he kind of like plays along with like the dream aspect of it, kind of like how um, and let it be like Paul McCartney saying like, uh, mother Mary came to me in the dream. Yeah. Like he kind of plays off with that. Um, I don't know how much Frank Turner is influenced by the Beatles. I mean, if he spends so much time talking, he spends the album like kind of reminiscing about growing up in England. I have to imagine that he's got some sort of love for his hometown heroes. Yeah, he has to. And Honestly, it's been said a million times, but how can you not like the Beatles? There's something there for everybody. That is true. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I Still Believe is the next one? Yes, it is. Um, and it, it starts with like, hear ye, hear ye, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Very. I so one of the one of the things that I really appreciate about this album as a whole um, 
and it's on full display on this song. There's a lot of there's a lot of English artists that you don't necessarily know are English until, you know, you read an interview or you listen to them talk or something like that. Like the first thing that comes to mind is um, the 1975, where right. so much of so much of their music, their their vocalist, Maddie, doesn't sound all that English. He's changed that lately, but like, especially on some of the earlier stuff, like he, he sounds very, sounds very American. Um, that's never an issue with Frank I like, Turner. <laughs> I like didn't even know that the 1975 were from Britain. Or at least I forgot about that, like, aspect of them. They're from Manchester, which is not a Manchester accent, but whatever. Um, whatever. Yeah, Frank uh, Frank Turner never sounds like he's trying to do that, like, bluesy kind of American thing that so many... I mean, it it doesn't take a lot. Look at look at the Beatles. There's right. so much of that where they don't, they don't sound particularly English either. Um, so, yeah, to start off a song with Hear Ye, Hear Ye, Friends and Romans, Countrymen, Punks and Skins and Journeymen... Like which, which like I'm like reading one of the uh, genius anecdotes, and w- one time like Frank said in a in an interview, I've always think the first line of the song is most important. The idea of a town crier was kind of fun. So you have hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> it's yeah. He gets it. He understands it. Yeah. Like the first line needs to grab you in some sort of way, and like that kind of like pulls you in. It's like oh, what do you got to say? Man. And it's repeated throughout the song. Yeah. Um, throughout every single verse, there is hear ye, hear ye. I love the, uh, I love the anybody could take this stage and make miracles for minimum wage. These folk songs for the modern age will hold us in their arms. Yeah, he is, he's got such a, he's got such a great, like, lyrical talent. I love the line that's like, yeah, in Jerry Lee and Johnny and All the Greats, um, in the bridge, like, referencing... Johnny, uh, Jerry Lee, who famous for Great Balls of Fire. And I mean, Johnny could be a reference to anyone. Yeah. Like Johnny Cash. It could be uh, Johnny Cash. I don't know, anyone. Johnny Ramone. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, this is, this is, this is a good song overall. I think it's, um, I think this one hits for me more now that I actually have the lyrics up. I like the, uh, he played this song at the Olympics. That's insane. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That I didn't know. Um, but I like the idea. I like the idea of, uh, like rock music replacing religion for him. That's like, which is funny because there's, there's like a lot of religious and like, like, uh, Catholicism references in this album. Yeah. And he's, he talked in, he talked in interviews, I guess about, um, he referenced a couple of songs and a couple of artists and how he was sitting there and he was like, I don't think I've seen like a definitively like agnostic approach to music the way that there can sometimes be like a very like Catholic or a very Christian, um, approach to music so and you can't really have what's the word agnosticism i guess um or like atheism yeah atheism like you can't really have you can't really have that without the concept of religion in general so you get those like you get those comparisons and those references for context i guess Mm. but as far as a first single goes i think this is a fantastic um it checks a lot of the boxes off it kind of pulls you into this album it makes you want to listen yeah it's not so 
like eulogy lyrically kind of gives you an idea of where you're going and obviously this is like a very this is a very story driven kind of album um but yeah i think i think i still believe is actually the better overall opener for that reason this is like this is kind of the best example of sonically where where you're going to be going i i'm still i'm still kind of blown that he performed that at the olympics that's a massive stage for a punk kid (laughs) yeah i mean like they were in england yeah that's back in like that time period wow (laughs) yeah that's that's mind-blowing um now the next song touches on one of my favorite things that people do in music which is using nature as a metaphor for well basically anything in this case i guess mostly like mortality yeah um like our history runs down our rivers down the rivers to the sea reminds us of things that matter home and heart and history yeah, the idea of, and then a reference to, you know, sins being washed away and things like that. Like water, water should be referenced in music more. Not that it isn't already, but just songs about rivers and oceans and things never seem to get old. Right. So yeah, it's also, it's kind of, uh, again, again, with the storytelling bent, like it's kind of a tour of England in a song. Right. Because we don't, I mean, I would say a lot of Frank Turner's listeners are not English. A lot of them are American, like me. I don't know anything about England. I didn't know that there were like a bunch of rivers running through the country. Yeah. Like I just, I think of England as just that that island. Like that's it. It's kind of small. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of takes you. The whole idea of the song is that it's taking you like through the river, and then eventually in that last verse, that last like outro part, it's uh, placing your trust into the sea. It kept us safe for centuries, like referencing the fact that you're on the island. It's a uh, that's a really that's a really awesome plot device. I should have when I was listening to the album earlier. I should have sat there with the lyrics in front of me as well. <laughs> That's 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 the interesting part about what's happening right now is that I have genius.com up and I'm reading through and I'm like, oh no, there's so much of this that You're like, <laughs> there's so much of this that I missed. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are referenced in his music that is, it's so interesting and it's smart. Like he, I think with a lot of the other songs in his past records, it was, I mean, to give perspective, he put out Sleep for the Week in 20 or 2007. Love and Irie in 2008, Poetry for the Deed in 2009, and then this came out in 2011. So after three albums touring nonstop, writing nonstop, he finally, I'm sure there was a tour or two in between that, those two years, but he kind of took his time and was like, you know what, I'm going to like be concise and make sure like I can do this narrative. Like how, why do I love like England? Yeah. Why am I why am I going to write this album? Um, I really like the fact that um, history runs through the rivers and how like our land really tells the history of what we do. And that's just yeah. And how do you how do you fit the word estuaries into a song? That's so cool. <laughs> that's I don't even know what that means where the water kind of like gathers i guess how am how am i this dumb how do i not know what an estuary is estuary we're both really dumb guys the tidal mouth of a large river where the tide meets the stream oh okay so where the uh where the river meets the sea basically oh man how are you how are you going to do this to us frank oh man and i mean the, the the chorus is i trace these rivers from the cities to the sea to remind me of what i already know I trace the shorelines through a thousand estuaries to remind me an island is my home, an island is my home. Yeah. 
I like this song more now that I've read the lyrics because I was like eulogy was cool Peggy saying the blues is great I still believe is great and then like during my listen I fell off a little bit here and it was at first it was just kind of like yeah it's a it, it's a Frank Turner song yeah and I mean the the composition of the music it's definitely more of the folk realm yeah definitely it's not it's not so much the uh, rock ballads that we just heard. It's more the folk. Yeah, and it's got that like and bluesy almost that which I guess I, I guess is just folk. But yeah, it's yeah I like it. It has like I a, like it a lot more now that I've seen those lyrics. It has a little bit of that, and I don't I, a little bit of that Irish folk into it. Yeah, you get you get a lot of um, and this might just be the fact that we're stupid Americans, but you do like with the the green of the album art and everything else, you get a lot of kind of Irishy feels on this album. Yeah, and I mean like they're Ireland and England are definitively different places. Yeah, um, they will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> They will make sure that you know that. Anyways, let's move on to I Am Disappeared. So this might have been, I think this might have been the first song I ever heard by Frank Turner. Really? I think so. I think, I think you played this our freshman year at some point. Really? Yeah. Because I, um, so I knew this one immediately. Oh yeah. So the story goes about this song. It kind of goes back to Frank Turner's dreams and... It talks about a recurring character named Amy, who we can assume is like an ex-girlfriend of his. Yeah. So you get very, uh, again, very Springsteen-ish kind of storytelling about, you know, mundane everything, everyday kind of goings on. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's kind of a cliche at this point, the talking about the, um, you know, the girl that works in a bar, um, lots of references to pirate ships though. Yeah. That one I don't entirely Um, get. Also, this is the first one that we we hear the term Sleeping Soul, yep. which is like a reference towards his backing band. In the sleeping soul of the country. <laughs> which is kind of a funny line. And more, more references to rivers. The rivers of the tarmac are like arteries across the country. And then a lot of references to Bob Dylan as well in this with like, I keep having dreams of pioneers, pirate ships, and Bob Dylan. And apparently, and apparently, he did actually have a Bob Dylan dream. Yeah, <laughs> which, which inspired the song. So, which is funny. Is I there mean. is there a is there somebody that can psychoanalyze having dreams about uh having dreams about Bob Dylan? <laughs> somebody, somebody, reach out to the podcast and let us know what that means. True. Um, has an interesting sh- structure to it because it's. You have the intro, like a verse, then you have a bridge, a verse, bridge, and like an outro. So no real chorus in this. Yeah. Unless you want to count the bridge as a chorus. Yeah, it's um, it's funny that they call it a bridge when it's basically, I mean, that is basically the chorus. but Right. And the bridge goes like, and on the worst days when it feels like life weights, 10,000 tons, she's got a cowbird boots and car keys on the bedstand so she can always run. She could get up, shower, and a half an hour, and she'll be gone. And then he so kind of saying, kind of saying like, oh, like she's always on the run. Um, this person that I love is just always not going to be there for me in the end, maybe. And then he turns it around on himself on that second bridge with basically the same thing, but in the first person. Right. And yeah, that's that's some pretty that's some pretty intelligent songwriting right there, and also real sad. <laughs> it it's really sad. And it's an interesting way to look at like a breakup song. Yeah. Um, it's not the 
because we've looked at breakup songs before in the past, yep. and this is a we just can't be there for each other, like, and it sucks. Yeah, we want to, but like, we just we're we're living two different lives, and we just have to go our separate ways, I guess. Yeah, I'm this this song is like a short novel too. There's so many lyrics. Yeah, I'm. He busts he busts it out. Yeah, though. he really. He does he does a great job with the storytelling. And I'll I'll say this like usually when there's a lot of lyrics they, they take a while to get to the point but this is not getting it's not a roundabout way of saying it it's kind of like usually they say short and sweet is always better. Yeah. This is fine to yeah. me. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um No, it doesn't. It does however lead into what I thought was the funniest song actually weirdly enough on this album which I didn't know it was an old folk song until you pointed it out. Exactly. Like, I was playing this album one day for AJ, and you were just like, oh, wait, I know this song. Yeah. I was like... In the dark of the new forest. Yeah, we uh, we used to sing this song at Boy Scout camp. It's, uh, oh, man, I could, I could bore everybody regaling them tales of Camp Squanto. But if you know, you know. It used to be an inside joke with, like, a fairly large number of people uh, in the dark of the new forest. Oh, man, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so it's an old, it's an old English folk song, and it's in the tradition of old English folk songs. Again, the storytelling. It's a, we got thunder coming in. Didn't know that was on the docket. Um, yeah, uh, stories about King William and stealing the land of Englishmen. Oh, your firstborn son, warm blood will run upon the English earth. This is, yeah, just looking just looking at the lyrics is awesome. I, I, I really liked the song to begin with, and Frank's interpretation of it is, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not mad at it. And apparently, the, the New Forest is, uh, is an actual place where Frank grew up, I guess? Oh, wow. What I find interesting is... I spent so much time listening to this record when I was young, and it was a good way to end the first side of the record yeah. uh, when I, before I flip over. There's no other instruments. It's only Frank and his vocals. Yeah, and he, sing, he, he does sing it a little bit differently than the way that I came to know the song, um, but he, I, I, I like this version a lot. He sings it with vibrato. With, yeah, which is an interesting thing for like a punk kid, you know? Like usually it's very straightforward and a lot of Frank's music he is, he kind of sings it straight all the time, um, but he really kind of he really kind of chews on this one and I think that works very well yeah, for he, like a traditional kind of song. Yeah, and I I think it's a different it's a good change of pace from what we're used to. I'm surprised it was a traditional song and up until you told me about that, um I had no idea. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. It's just him singing this song." That's Yeah. So that Anything else to Oop. Nope. So I'm I'm good on English curse. Uh so then we get over to side B, one foot before the other. Yes, which is definitively the definitively a more upbeat song it's much more much more punk rock yes um it kind of goes back to his days of his hardcore days of million dead and a uh i think there's a little bit of a reference to that in the second verse uh when he speaks about the seven million innocents there's like references to like william shakespeare in this song too well which is quite interesting the name of the album england keep my bones is a shakespeare reference as well so again the whole thing is just very very much english yes (laughs) which i mean he does 
something like this later on where he writes an album basically where um, he writes the album No Man's Land, basically dedicated and written about all the women throughout history. Yeah. Which is really interesting as well. Um, Frank Turner always tries to go out of the box when it comes to like writing music. Exactly. And this song is no different. And more, he also goes in, there's a lot of call-outs to, uh, a lot of call-outs in this album to various celebrities, mythological people, things like that. Um, Watt Tyler, Woody Guthrie, Dostoevsky, I believe is how you pronounce that. And uh, Davy Jones, which could be, you know, Davy Jones of the Locker fame or Davy Jones of the Monkeys fame. Interesting. You never know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one, uh, this one, this is one of, this is one of the, uh, one of the better songs on the album. I like I like the energy that they bring here, and it's a cool kind of juxtaposition after uh, English Curse. Yeah, it kind of still goes towards that English like narrative of like I'm proud to be where I'm from. I love England, and it's not my one of my favorite songs on this record. Yeah, um, but I have no problem. It belongs on this record. Yeah, like it fits right this in. album has no there's no fillers on this. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say that anything on here is filler. Um, a lot of it just comes down to personal taste for me. And uh, yeah, this one, this one, I like the energy that they're bringing. I'm all right with it. And that leads Hell us. Yeah. That leads us to if I ever stray, which I think is one of the better songs on this record. I I think it's great. I love the 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 first line. Forgive me, someone, for I have sinned. That's a great. <laughs> that that's a, that's a funny play on that. And then and I know. I know not where I should begin, and some days it feels like you should win, no matter what you uh, do or say. Life is short, but it feels much longer. Yeah, there's a lot of um, this one. This one is shorter lyrically than I think. Um, what was the one that we were just talking about? That uh, one foot before uh, the other. Yeah, it's um, this one comes across as a little bit shorter, but there's I I love the wordplay all over this. Especially that intro yeah. part. That's that's just great. And yeah, it's it's yeah. thematically very similar to uh, it's thematically very similar to some of the other ones that are on here. But this is where what we were talking about earlier with like kind of the Irish kind of thing. Um, it has he has said that he had designed this song to be kind of like a pub song, which immediately makes you think like, oh yeah, Irish drinking songs. Yeah, or just English drinking songs to begin yeah. with. That entire that entire uh, that entire area of the world is that's such an interesting part of that culture yeah the pub is very important yep. there's a reason there's a reason why there's so many irish pubs here in the states yeah but they're never as good as the ones that are in like england for example i can't imagine that they are and someday <laughs> i will find out firsthand i mean there are definitely some in boston that have been around for years forever and ever um <laughs> forever but yeah there's more there's more references to the english channel all over this one it's uh it's thematically very consistent good song i like it yes yeah um the next one Wellix Boy, that's one of my favorite songs on this record. Um, and it's very, it's very pop punk. We're writing about our hometown. But it's not corny, no. though. Like, there are some pop punk songs that, like, talk about their hometown, and it's just like, okay, we get it. But I love the beginning where he's kind of, it's joke around, and it's like the one, two, three. Yeah. Um, that's very fun to me. I love songs that start like that, that it just seems very natural. Yeah. seems like I'm just... I'm I'm watching them in a bar, yeah, just hanging out. In. Yeah, um, the chorus goes. There's something to be. Uh, there's something about coming back to your hometown again, the place where you grew up, the and where you found your firmest friends. And though none of them still live there, 
I've got nowhere else to go. I'm a Mexican boy, and when I'm here, I'm home. Like, there's no difference between this and, like, a Dropkick Murphy song talking about Boston, for example. Exactly. It's the same sort of thing. And, like, there's plenty of songs that talk about Boston, for example. Like, take Dirty Water, for example. Yeah. Same sort of vein. The home, the hometown pride. Yeah, and I, I imagine this is, like, a very fun song to see in his hometown. I mean... There's an idea, there's an idea for something to take a trip for. I would love I would love to see him play in in Wessex cuz yeah. everybody everybody knows that the hometown shows are the way to go. Those are always super fun. Oh yeah, they always are. Especially I mean like I've seen Dropkick Murphys hometown shows. Yep. Those are insane. Nobody ever likes Dropkick Murphys as much as people in Boston on St. Paddy's Day. That's yeah. You are never, you are never going to go to a show that is like where more people are happy to be there than the House of Blues on St. Patrick's Day on Lansdowne Street. Which is funny because the only time I've seen Frank Turner was on like St. Patrick's Day opening up for the Dropkick Murphys. That's what, what an insane show that had to have been. That was insane. And, um, what I always remember about Frank Turner, he, I, I went up upstairs to like go like grab food or like use the bathroom or whatever. And the man was like selling and pushing his own merch. Yeah. I mean, he's, this was like 10 years ago, and, but even then he was still pretty big. And yeah, there, that's something that never gets old for me in live music. Like when the, when the artist walks off stage and then they go and they actually like hang out at the merch table and sell their wares that i like that yeah i'm a big fan of that like yeah i, I met him he's cool he's really tall <laughs> I've, you know i didn't know that he's a tall guy dude yeah and then uh we get a little bit of a bummer track coming up here with nights become days yeah that one is that one's sad yeah uh definitely definitely lower energy and talking about um his friend milo who had some addiction issues yeah um which is tough like yeah. that's that's rough absolutely but it, um, it's kind of a uh yeah it's a little bit i don't know if you i don't know if you'd call it a love letter but it's definitely like he it it's it comes across as somebody who's just like very concerned about their friend and is trying to offer support yeah and i mean um in the second verse with we started out curious we it started out fun we smoked in the woods when we were young just something innocent like that you just do yeah you didn't realize like it could lead to something potentially harmful in the future yep um which is that's pretty real that's 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 um i mean addiction is a real thing and you don't really realize it until it becomes a habit yeah and you get the uh you get the references to rivers again this time in a much more depressing way with uh you'd sink in the river for your death you'd sleep with the fishes and draw no breath and then in the next part it's if you made for the shore you'd see us here we're all waiting that's a that's a that's a great way to put that i am <laughs> you guys are listening to me actually like this album even more than when i was listening to it now that i'm looking at these lyrics this is funny <laughs> That's hilarious because I was already definitively like, this is my, this is my favorite Frank Turner record, but it's also uh, to understand why this is my favorite Frank Turner album. It's based on nostalgic. Yeah. Like it's hard to look at an album objectively when I grew up sitting in my basement playing video games and I would listen to this record on repeat yeah. while I'm playing like Madden or like 2k. Yeah. The, some of the, some of this, triggers you know memories of hearing you play it in college but i don't have i don't have quite that much of a uh of an attachment to it as you do 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that leads us to redemption, um, which is, you know, we've been, we've called out Springsteen and the storytelling kind of, um, thing that goes on on this album. And who does, is there- who does Mr. Turner name drop? Springsteen. Exactly. It's a, uh, yeah, this is, this is like, this is very much kind of like a growing up anthem, I guess. It's, I feel like it's a growing up anthem, but also kind of like a breakup song at the same time. A little bit. Yeah. Kind of, um, kind of talking about like regretting, regretting what you did and, or well, I'm having a real tough time with the English language today. Um, yeah. Regretting past mistakes and trying to kind of analyze it and move past it and figure out a way to, uh, to fix it kind of. Yeah. Um, it's an upbeat song. It's oh. kind of a different take than what we heard like with the last one. And I just lost power. Um, we left off at redemption. Oh yeah, so I like I like the theme of redemption. Um, it's definitely like you said. You can de- I can definitely see how you think it's a breakup song. Um, I th- it comes across a little bit more like existential to me, I guess. You know, asking asking about bit. whether or not love is real. You know, in general. But yeah, I, overall, I like the song. It's one of those. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this this strikes me as a Frank Turner song. Um, I think it's interesting in the, well, I've tried so hard not to turn into my father, but if only I could skip out on his choices, will I ever choose better? Um, and then there are a couple of references of like him leaving someone in yeah. like a restaurant, like kind of standing them up. And my dad would do that. Why am I doing that? I shouldn't. It, it's kind of in the same vein. It's in the vein of like, um, I don't deserve you. Um, you deserve way better than me and whatever I do with the last line being like, so darling, I miss you, your music, your musk and your kisses. I don't think I can do this. Yeah. It's that one. That one hurts. That one hurts. You're cutting, you're cutting deep, Frank. Yeah. Like, damn, I don't deserve anything. (laughs) And, uh, The last, the last song here is "Glory Hallelujah," which I mean, with the first, it starts off with the organ, uh, kind of like you're at church. It kind of goes back to the very first uh, song, "Eulogy," um, where there's almost like a church kind of yeah, theme and it's to it. where the. Uh, where eulogy was like eulogy had that kind of funeral march kind of intro um this one ends with the same tune kind of being played on piano um so i i like that full circle kind of thing that that idea of like a cyclical um album thematically and sonically yeah and starting with the first line being like brothers and sisters have you heard the news um if you ever go to church the first thing when when they repeat a lot of Bible verses, it's brothers and sisters, like, like yeah. the book of David says, like, whatever. And I like, like, the, I like the idea of swap your confirmation for your dancing shoes. That's a cool little, that's a cool little line right there. Yeah. I thought, I thought this song was so cool. Like when I was yeah. like an edgy 16 year old, I'm like, hey, there is no God. there's no God, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be so like cutting like that. It's definitely more of a, uh, it's definitely more of just a, um, 
almost a conversation kind of maybe a little bit of a debate there and kind of a it's just yeah, kind it's of like, a taking it back hey, for yourself instead of looking for you know a savior or some sort of external thing right and it's kind of like hey there's you don't have to blame your failures on just imaginary bees which is like an actual line no blaming of all of all our failures on imaginary bees because there was never yeah, no god it's definitely a it's a commentary that's the word that i was looking for but i can definitely see how edgy 16 year old dan would sit back and be like yeah there is no god yeah i, I mean and i mean looking at it now it's like more just like hey maybe you shouldn't just because the whole thing about catholicism is you should always feel bad for sinning you're constantly sinning like jesus died for your sins and you have to be the best person that you can be but you're just constantly sinning and you need to go to uh confirmation not confirmation um confession and say why you're a bad person man that's just continuing to read through the lyrics it is what a great way to end an album and i mean even like the bonus tracks on this record i think they hold up as well um song for eva may that's really good as well i don't know if you got into that one uh wonderless also sailor's boots and then uh there's some acoustic versions of some of the songs as well yeah i didn't i didn't go through all that yeah. i just went with the uh i just went with the standard album but yeah he he definitely um, he definitely knocks it out of the park on the closer there yeah he does um to add one more thing not to glory hallelujah but like to um wonderlust one of my favorite lines from that song is baby let's get out of the city city we need to breathe some yep. cleaner air I don't know. That line is always just stuck I with me. I think anybody that's lived in a city or been in a city for any kind of exper- uh, extended period of time knows that feeling. Like every once in a while, you just have to sit back and be like, ah, yeah. I need a break. Right. All right. Um, so that is England Keep Overall, My Bones. Much, much better album than I expected. Because um, like I said, Frank Turner has always been about, you know, the singles and the individual songs for me and going through and actually listening to that front to back and especially sitting here and really going through the lyrics i'm impressed i'm gonna give it i'm gonna keep giving him shots he deserves them this album let me take off the nostalgic glasses for 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 a second i will say that this one still holds up this one is still a good album regardless um it's I think it holds up even more now. And actually, the inspiration for us picking this album was we looked at a we looked at a list earlier this year from uh, Chorus.fm about like a and what is it? Who who runs Chorus.fm? Uh, Jason Jason Tate, who used to own uh, Absolute Punk as well. So, J- so Jason Tate put out a like thinking about yeah. like 2011, like retrospective. And he mentions this album, and I was like, that's really interesting. Like, I haven't heard this album in a while, and how this album still holds up, and it's especially now knowing the full context of who Frank Turner is yeah. in 2021, this is a great record. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. So that's, uh, that's England Keep My Bones, something that I'm going to have to 
revisit a couple more times, I think, at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we uh, do we have any recommendations this week? Oh man. Um, I can't really think of one right now. What about you? I'm kind of struggling as well. I think so many of the recommendations that I would have used over multiple weeks, we just ended up using all last week. So that is true. Um, go back and listen to those recommendations. We have quite a bit that you can check out and listen to. Um, and we go really in depth on those ones. So check those ones out. Check it out and give us another week to figure out (laughs) if we like anything. We hate everything. Crazy. All right. Well, I think that has been this week's edition of the Packy Run Podcast. Like us on your podcast listener. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Packy Run Pod. Um, we should. We're we're gonna post more on that um, and tell more of our opinions and stuff like that. Uh, we haven't really yeah, been posting gonna. a lot. We're, we're getting back into it. We're figuring out the uh, the flow of everything. So now that the world is a little bit more open and we're not all stuck inside all the time, it's uh, we're on a, we're back on a yes. little bit of a learning curve. But we'll we won't leave you guys hanging. Right. We're gonna well, we're gonna yeah. keep this up. Well, Dan, it's been lovely talking to you. I'm now going to run away from my yes. powerless house and go eat some ramen with some friends. Hell we will yeah. catch you guys on the flippity flip. Bye-bye. See you soon.